Stay Frosty Park Runners. My name is Emu and I'm going to be here with your third instalment of the Stay Frosty Park Run podcast. As usual, anyone wanting to get in touch can do so on our email, stayfrostyparkrun, all one word, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear about how you got into parkrun or any interesting runs you've done lately, any anecdotes at all that you might have about parkrun. So this week, I'm going to be looking at parkrun tourism, including answering some of those common questions you might have, like, I can barely run one 5k, why on earth would I want to try a different one? I'll also be looking at staying motivated, especially as we move slowly into winter, and the weather starts to get a little bit worse, and we start to lose a bit of daylight as well. I'll be looking at what I and my husband have been up to this week in terms of park run, including having a look at how I got on in my first ever 10k run. But first I want to pick up a quick note on volunteering. I realised after last week's episode that I forgot to mention the ways in which you could get involved with volunteering if that's what you wanted to do. So each park run that has its own page also has a page within their little website that tells you about volunteering. There's an email notification you can sign up for which will tell you the roles that are needed needing to be staffed in the upcoming weeks. And there's also a roster online so you can see what positions are available. So if, for example, you want to volunteer three weeks in advance to be a tail walker, then you can do so. Or if you want to just volunteer for this week when you realise they're short of a marshal or two, then you can do that equally as easily. The best way to get involved is probably to email uh, the parkrun team for that particular parkrun. Again, the email is on their volunteer page. And just ask them about what positions there are. And if you're worried about any of them, any questions you might have, I'm sure they're only to be only too happy to answer. You don't need to worry about not knowing what to do when you show up because they provide training for every single role and they've done this a lot of times. So you don't need to worry because everyone starts from somewhere. Okay, looking at parkrun tourism. So this is a phrase you may have heard banded around a little bit, especially recently. It's become very, very popular. So this is running uh, parkruns, deliberately running parkruns, that are different from your home park run. So in my case, my home park run is South Norwood. But um, my husband and I will often like to run different parkruns, either for a change of pace or to try a different surface or to try three laps instead of two or one lap instead of two. One of the uh, popular things to do is uh, the ABCs at the moment, so going through your alphabet of park runs. So for example, in, a, in our area or in London, I would maybe look at doing Alexandra Palace as an A. I've done Barking as a B, so I've already got a B. Uh, for C, Clapham Common, that's a double C. I wonder if I get bonus points for that one, etc. There's also other countries that you can run in. So um, Poland has a lot of park runs at the moment and they've also got some unusual letters. There isn't currently an X for park run, for a name for a park run. So if you want to get your ABCs done, the only one you may find you're missing is X. Um, as well as Poland, there's also various park runs over Europe. There's some in France, although it hasn't taken off properly in France yet. I would say they're a bit few and far between. Uh, there's one that uh, Jay and I are actually going to go and do very soon. We're going down to the south of France and we're going to do a Toulouse park run with my parents, which should be good fun. It's uh, actually called Park Run de la Ramy. Ramy, I think I mentioned it last week. And uh, that will be our first one abroad, so it's going to be an interesting one. We're hoping it's not going to be too hot because we know that it's quite warm down there at the moment. 
The park runs all over the world. The northernmost park run is actually Tampere in Finland, as far as I'm aware. And the southernmost one is Invercargill in New Zealand. Now, obviously not everyone has the means to be able to travel to all these places, but certainly worth noting if you're looking at doing some key park runs, if you will. Also, there's obviously a Bushy Park, which is the, the birthplace of park runs. And it's where the first one was ever set up. So a lot of park runners like to pay a pilgrimage and go travel to Bushy Park Run to do the original 5K that was set up there, to say in 2004, but I would have to check my dates on that one. Jay and I are planning to go to Bushy Park Run. We're not sure when yet, but it's a very large park run because it's very popular. Like I say, it's a bit of a pilgrimage. There's usually over a thousand runners there. So that's going to be a very interesting one with a lot of people. My personal park run tourism stats. Like I say, we haven't done one. I haven't done one abroad yet, but I've got eight different park runs under my belt in alphabetical order so far. I've got Barking, Dulwich, Evesham, Exeter, Riverside, Lloyd, Oxford, Poole, and South Norwood. These are the ones I've done. But like I say, park run tourism is very popular at the moment, and Jay and I are certainly getting into it. We want to try and get as many park runs under our belt as possible. Why do we do parkrun tourism? Well, to be frank, it's just for the variation. Sometimes uh, running can get a little boring. I've heard a lot of people say that they find it difficult to stay motivated, which is something I'm moving on to in a minute. And if you vary the area that you're running in or the place that you're running in, it sort of makes it, it, makes it more interesting. It makes it more like you're attempting to achieve something. For example, your ABCs, which is a good one. Uh, Another one that people often try and do is they try and spell out words with their runs. So, for example, uh, you would have, if you were saying hello, you would do a run with an H, a run with an E, a run with an L, a different run with an L and a run with an O in order to spell out the word when you look at your results page. That's not one that I've tried yet, but maybe it's one I'll consider in the future if I get to the point where I've completed my ABCs, which is my only goal at this moment in time. I mentioned staying motivated. Uh, this is something that everyone struggles with, I think, especially as the weather begins to close in and you lose daylight hours. So me personally, I enjoy running in the morning and this becomes harder when you're opening your eyes in the morning and it's still dark out and you're having to go out in the dark and start running, especially if you live in an area that's not very well lit and you don't feel safe. There's all these sort of things to contend with. The other thing is, uh, the other big thing for me personally is niggling injuries. So I've had a dodgy knee ever since I've had uh, surgery on it, or I won't say dodgy, it was fine after I had surgery, but then I find that this one is more prone to injury than the other, so the left knee is more prone to injury than the other. And recently I've tweaked it, I'm not exactly sure what I've done, but there's a slight pain in it when I'm walking that seems to get worse after I've done a run. It seems to improve when I warm up and then get worse after I've done a run when I start to cool down again. I took a couple of weeks off to try and get over that one and that seems to have done the trick. It is certainly on the mend now, so hopefully that's not going to be an impediment in, in the future. Some tips and tricks for staying motivated for running. It's, it's quite a tricky one because, like I say, a lot of people can find it boring and for this I would recommend varying it, Do, take a bit of parkrun tourism. Try and parkrun in itself is a good way to stay motivated. Just the idea of uh, going and running with another group of people at a set time on a Saturday morning it feels more like an appointment, so you, you make the effort to try and keep that appointment where you can. I've read some tips online as well. So Runners Connect website, which I recommend reading. They've got a lot of good tips on there. 
couple that I picked out though. Uh, one was to create a schedule. So it's it's all very well to say, oh, I'll run when I can. But if you think, right, okay, this week I'm going to run on, let's say, Tuesday and Thursday morning and then have Friday off before my park run. If you're doing a park run on the Saturday, I recommend doing a park run on the Saturday. By creating a schedule, it's sort of in your head, it builds in, you build in the time in order to do that run and it helps you to maintain it in future as well. Running with a group or other person is also recommended by Runners Connect website. And this is uh, just a simple tip, but it's quite handy because even if you're running with one other person, a friend, you sort of feel like you might let it's, it's letting them down a bit if you don't show up or if you're running late or you don't show up on time. So you do find that you make more of an effort if you're running with another person, whereas on your own, it's very easy to turn around and say, well, you know, it's, it's a bit cold out. Oh, I'll go tomorrow. Or it's a bit it's a bit wet out. You know, I'll, I could do it another day. And then either it doesn't happen or you push it back so much that you find a week's gone past without knowing it. The other tip from Runners Connect is actually find a way to squeeze it in. So uh, they've they've got quite a large section about your mindset. You know, it's it's very easy to say, okay, well, I, I work long hours. You know, I personally do work fairly long hours. Sometimes I'll have to work extra late, which is why I prefer to run in the mornings. It's rare that we have to go in early in the morning, but it's not totally uncommon for me to work a little bit late now and again. So actually running in the mornings, even if I end up doing a long day, I'm more tired in the evening, but at least I feel I've done that before I've even gone into work. So the mindset thing that the Runners Connect website, they say it's about uh, rather than saying, oh, I couldn't possibly do it because I'm I'm too busy at work or I'm doing this or I'm doing that, is to think to yourself, well, I really want to make a very good effort with this. I really enjoy running, so I'm going to find a way to squeeze it into my schedule, even if it's only for... 20 minutes even if it's only a 15 minute run any little run like that will make a difference will improve your fitness will improve your health even if it's short and sweet so runners world also has some recommendations similar to runners connect website but with a little bit of variation so one of their points was uh, early morning running can be good for a lot of people because then you get a feeling of accomplishment before many other people are even up or out it feels like you've actually done something early in the morning that's sort of giving you the full day and you've already done your exercise for the day. It is quite motivational and I, I strongly recommend morning running because I agree with that one. Right, allowing time to settle into the routine. So when you set up your new routine, as mentioned before by Runners Connect, Runners World says you should also additionally allow yourself time to get used to this. So if you're running a uh, Say that you're doing park run at the moment and you're thinking you want to improve your time so you want to increase the amount that you're running and you think to yourself, right, I will start running twice a week. I'll always go on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I'll have a gap and then I'll have park run. That's fine, but if you don't keep to it for one week, um, the temptation may be then to say, okay, well, this obviously isn't working. Maybe I need to change my routine and then maybe you don't do it at all for a week and then it gets out of hand. It You sort of lose the rhythm quite quickly, but... Runner's World says that you need to allow yourself time to settle into the routine. So say you miss the second Tuesday, you attempt to do this Tuesday-Thursday routine. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just try and do it again the following week. It's not a disaster. You don't have to then push yourself to run two days in a row and knacker yourself before you even get to the park run. I'd say just let that one slide and then try again the next week until you get yourself into settled into a routine that you're happy with. The other thing strongly recommended by Runner's World is cross-training and strength exercises. 
Again, this is not something that I'm particularly good at, especially because I've had a niggling shoulder injury at the moment that prevents a lot of other um, a lot of other training that I could be doing. One of the big ones that they recommend is swimming and cycling. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of swimming and I don't own a bike. I feel like if I were to cycle in London, I'd probably be unsafe to the point of being flattened on the road within my first week. But what I did used to enjoy before I hurt my shoulder was uh, climbing, bouldering. I found that very motivational and uh, good for sort of upper body strength as well. And I also uh, very much enjoy doing a bit of yoga. I find that's very good for stretching, for relaxing all your muscles after you've been for a run. But again, I've temporarily paused that whilst my shoulder recovers and I let it rest up for a little bit. And these are just some of the tips that these websites have recommended. Me personally, I find that the biggest thing for me is not beating myself up when I don't stick to a routine or something that I've had planned to do. I know I can get into that routine and I know when I'm in that routine I really enjoy it but I don't worry myself about not being in a routine unless I'm living a particularly unhealthy lifestyle and I'm I'm fairly good, I'm pretty good. I've eaten a vast amount of chocolate today so I can't say I'm good all the time but I eat a fairly healthy diet on the whole and I walk a lot so I find that I do enough exercise to not feel guilty when I'm not doing running as regularly as I should be. So moving on to what we've been up to this week. Jay and I both ran South Norwood this week. I did run on the Saturday. I know I was dithering whether I was going to run on the Saturday or not, knowing that today, Sunday, I had a 10k run coming up. Jay ran in a good time of 30 minutes and 44 seconds. He feels that's a little slow. I think the fact that he's in the 30s is still good and promising for him. I took it a little bit easy knowing that I would have this 10k today so what I tried to do is I tried to run the 5k and get to the end with the feeling that I could have continued at that pace and that's exactly what I did. I ran 30 minutes and 2 seconds and I did feel like I could have continued for at least another lap at that pace so I was quite happy with that. I tried to get it to land on 30 seconds exactly or 30 minutes exactly I beg your pardon. I was checking my watch as I ran down the finishing straight and I was watching it count down from 12 seconds and I thought I had it perfect and I realised literally two seconds too late that I was going to be a few seconds over 30 minutes. But I was close, very close to getting 30 minutes dead. Maybe next time I'm doing a training run, that's what I'll do. So, the big one, how have I got on with my 10k today? So this is the first 10k I've ever done. The Clapham uh, City Runs, so Clapham City Run, and 10k, and it started at 9am this morning. I ate a lot of eggs yesterday, I'm not sure if that helped, but I felt in good spirits this morning. I took it easy all the way around, I ran at uh, between a 6 and 6.5 six and minute pace most of the way around. Well, I finished it, first of all I completed it without injuring myself, which I'm very happy about. And also, um, I completed it in nearly an hour. And I say nearly because I managed to complete it in one hour and two seconds. I had my watch on my wrist. It was counting down one hour and ten minutes because that's what I thought I would do genuinely because I felt I wasn't maybe fit enough to complete the whole 10k in an hour. So I took it easy. I ran a gentle pace, not worrying about my time. And then when I got to the 8km mark, I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just check my watch. And I looked down at my watch and it said that I had just over 10 minutes left to run the last 2k. Now in my head, I know that I can run a 5 minute kilometre. So I thought, well, I'll pick up the pace a little bit. So I tried to increase my pace a little bit in the 8th kilometre. 
And for some reason, well, not for some reason, for obvious reasons, not used to running 10k, my legs went a little bit like jellies and were wobbling all over the place. So I thought, well, no, I'll slow it down and I'll just go at my six minute, six minute 30 pace. And I'm quite happy to do that. I got to the last half a kilometre, the last 500 metres, and I checked my watch again. And I realised that I could, if I pushed myself, I could get exactly one hour run. And I would have been very happy with that. So I pushed myself. And as I come around the corner, someone said, someone in the crowd was yelling, oh, not far to go, not far to go. I turned around the corner and the, the finish was right there. I looked at my watch. I had five seconds and it was maybe 10, 15 metres in five seconds. So I, I really went for it. My legs were wobbling all over the place. I probably looked like some sort of scarecrow coming in. And I was one hour and two seconds. So I missed it by two seconds, which I guess is a little frustrating, but I'm just very, very happy that I completed it in an hour. And I felt in control the whole way around. It was a really nice run because even though I ran slower than maybe I could have, I feel like I was totally in control of the whole run the whole way around. Well, I hope that's given you a good roundup for my week and for what we've been up to. As a final thought, I think I'll just re-emphasise that, especially with the weather and winter rolling in, everybody struggles to stay motivated. My biggest thing would be, especially if you're an amateur like myself, don't beat yourself up about it for missing one or two runs or taking a break. It's not something that's going to kill you if you take one break from a run. If you miss one, it's not the end of the world. You can either do it again at a later date if it's appropriate, or you can re restart your schedule the following week, have another go at it. The biggest thing that you need to, do, need to keep in mind is to not give up, to keep having a go, even if you find that you're really, really struggling, even if you find you're only going out for a 10-minute run and then you've had enough and you just want to call it quits. Keep doing it anyway, even though 10 minutes doesn't feel like a lot of time. You'll, you'll do 10 minutes and you'll think, do you know what? I could do another two minutes and suddenly you're doing 12 minutes and then you're doing 15 minutes and then you're running for 20 minutes and then you're running for half an hour. And before you know it, you'll be running half an hour or running an hour like I did today. And I'm feeling pretty darn comfortable with yourself to do that. If you keep trying and you don't give up, you will get there. All right, well, I have waffled on for long enough and I have engaged you for long enough. I will say thank you very much for listening. Stay frosty, park runners. I will see you next week for another instalment where I'm going to take a brief look at the running kit, including shoes, clothes and gadgets you can have to go along with your run. Take care and have a great week. Yeah.